Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper. I'm delighted to say I'm at one of my favorite places on the face of the earth. I'm at the Baptist Homes in Arcadia Valley, Missouri. No, I'm not a resident, not yet, but uh, I'm working on it. This is an absolutely beautiful campus, and I've been here for a couple of days, and most of you are not going to believe this, but I have been at a senior's residence deer hunt crossbow hunt and i've got some gentlemen here who've got a lot of history with both the home here the organization the national deer association and i'm gonna let these guys introduce themselves because they'll get there's some long names here and i'm long titles too and they're more apt to get it exactly right i'm shane motzenbacher i'm a deer outreach specialist with the national deer association I've always been so envious of you. You've got just seemed me like a fascinating job, and I've been to several events that you've held, Shane. And I, hey, applause, man! Everything's just been top notch, and you guys are so energetic. Young has a lot to do with it, I think. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I just had my birthday a couple of days ago, and and uh, that was one of the things that I was like, this event's coming up again this year, and we planned it, and it's like, oh, it's going to be on my birthday. That was okay. You know what? I'm I loved anyway. your chocolate cake. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> I, I was like, I got to come anyway because this, this is too good to pass up. It it really is. And I'm Rodney Harrison. I'm president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, and uh, I am just so excited to be a part of a organization that is so committed to pleasing God and helping others do the same through events such as the senior deer hunts. Well, man, it's an incredible program and we're gonna hey we're gonna beat a dead horse here in the next few minutes and tell all the details about this how this came about and what's going on and what you're looking to towards the future we've got one more gentleman with us my name is dan styles and i am the administrator here at baptist homes of arcadia valley well dan i tell you i've just gotten to know you in the last couple of years and it's been a fascinating trip i i keep telling my wife you know she's quite a bit younger than me i said babe if the time comes, you know, if something happens, uh, keep, put those guys at the top of the list. They got a fishing pond. They're doing deer hunts. I sat and watched a big flock of turkeys this morning, and I, I've even talked to the maintenance man. I think he'd he'd let me uh, uh, use a weed eater. <laughs> we got a weed eater or a mower for you, either one. And well, I, kn- I know for a fact if you want to clear snow in the winter, he would definitely let you do that. Really? I love That's his least snow, favorite man. job. Really? Yeah. Well, man, I'm going to make notes of that. I, I may have job security for decades to come here. <laughs> That'd be all right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, let's get into the uh, the guts of this uh, situation. And uh, Dr. Harrison, I'd like you to start out because you're kind of the guy, I assume, that started this program. Well, I had the privilege of... Uh, Really, having my dad as an inspiration, um, I started deer hunting at 16 years old. My father 
took me out deer hunting because I had been uh, weaned on outdoor life, sports field magazine, loved reading Jack O'Connor's <laughs> oh, books. Oh, you're man after my own heart. And uh, even though we were in California and hunting was not a part of our culture, my dad would tell his stories about being taken out at 16 years old and his father taking him deer hunting. And uh, so when I started asking my dad, well, you know, what, what have you harvested? Well, he'd never harvested a deer, but uh, he was committed to making sure I could live out that dream. And living the dream was part of what we were doing. We were out there uh, in the mountains of California going up and down. And, well, we never saw a deer the first year. <laughs> the second year, we saw some deer tracks. And I just thought for sure if I followed those tracks, I would uh, harvest something. But uh, that didn't happen. But that was a seed that was planted. Several years later, I had the privilege of moving here into the Midwest, into the Missouri area, and now hunting became part of, of my culture. And, uh, you know, through uh, reading about uh, deer management and going to the uh, Quality Deer Management Association's website, that's now the NDA, uh, I was able to learn a lot about deer hunting because I hadn't been doing it for, for decades. Mm -hmm. But uh, I started hunting and having a little bit of success then my parents moved to uh, Missouri from California about 12 years ago. And my dad one day said, you know, I wouldn't mind going hunting with you. And so uh, here he's in his mid-80s. We started off at a managed deer hunt for the disabled because he was using a walker at that point. And, um, well, we saw some deer, but we didn't harvest. Uh, we did a few hunts at our farm and uh, just had a great time the camaraderie the fellowship the the storytelling but as dad was getting a little bit older I was kind of interested in helping him get to harvest his first deer and so through uh, a friend of mine we went to a property down in the Ozarks and uh, two years ago two seasons ago my dad harvested his first deer it was a nice eight point buck and that wow. deer that mount proudly mm -hmm occupies a space at our cabin that I saved for the trophy deer. And that is the trophy deer. There will never be a deer more precious because at 87 years old, wow, a full 70 plus years after his first deer hunt, my dad harvested his first deer. Well, pretty soon I'm getting text messages from family and church members and others <laughs> saying, hey, we heard about your dad's deer hunt. And I suddenly realized that it may be that for such a time as this, that I'm in a position as president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, that we can start helping others experience this, the joy of being in God's creation, but to, uh, to reactivate some hunters. Now, I would have never guessed that it not only reactivated some, but it recruited some first-time hunters and other things. But <laughs> The uh, three R's, Shane, you know all about that. That's right. <laughs> but I will just simply say, my, my father's hunt a few years ago was the inspiration for this, and we are now in our second year of the senior deer hunts. And uh, this year we have four campuses wow. that are going to be having senior deer hunts. The one that we just concluded today here in Arcadia Valley, uh, Crossbow Hunt, and the other three are going to be using either uh, uh, rifles or muzzle loaders. So we're excited about the opportunities to, uh, to get men and women back into the field and experience the joy of God's creation. Well, man, you guys have done a superb job. And I've got to ask you guys, who contacted who first here? Who made the first move? Actually, Rodney is uh, one of our uh, wildlife co-op leaders. And uh, where he lives at, he was looking to 
try to get a co-op formed. And so he reached out to NDA and uh, our deer outreach specialist at the time uh, and reached out to them and, and ended up uh, kind of getting that going. And now he's got the co-op going up there uh, near his home. And uh, one thing led to another. And we heard the story of, of his dad's deer hunt and just thought that was great. And then he goes, you know, I'm, I'm president of Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, and we've got several campuses across the state. And uh, here's kind of a pitch for an idea. What do you guys think? Because we, I've heard about your field to fork programs, and you know they're they're very successful and taking out new hunters and especially new adult hunters. And we know that's what what you're targeting. And uh, how what would you think about doing some senior hunts? And uh, it, it was quiet for a little bit. We thought about it, and it's like you know what. <laughs> I think this is too great of an opportunity to pass up because honestly, I mean, I haven't heard of anybody else doing senior deer hunts. Um, no, that's and, an incredible story. And it sounds like seed landed in fertile soil. It did. <laughs> and you know, we, we he kind of hit on that a little bit ago about the R3 initiative. That's, that's something going across the country is recruit, retain, reactivate and uh, targeting new adult hunters is mostly what it is. And that's the recruiting part. Well, we've done a little bit of that with some of these seniors. Some of them have never hunted before. Some of them never deer hunted before. And some of them never used a crossbow or never used a muzzleloader. So we're giving them all kinds of opportunities that they've never had before. Um, But really, we've done a lot more on the other R of that, and that's to reactivate. And a lot of these folks have hunted in the past and never thought they would get a chance to hunt again, or maybe they just you know, hung up the, the bow or hung up the gun and, and said, you know, that's it for me. I'm getting too old. I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, and then we kind of showed them this opportunity that, hey, right where you live. And uh, that's the great thing about this particular campus is we're hunting on property where these folks live at, at, at Baptist Homes. And so they get to go out literally in their backyard where they live and we get to go out here on this beautiful property and try to harvest a deer and it just brings back all those memories and floods them back and and they have that love again and it just puts a new lease on life and i never would have thought that a, a, something as simple as taking somebody deer hunting would <laughs> would totally change somebody's life and give them a new lease and outlook on on the rest of their life well i think you're going to have to add another r there i think you've re-energized people here and there's a gentleman here that made a statement that's kind of become your slogan he said first that he had come to the home he thought to do what he came here to die so we're talking about one of our hunters who this year participated in the second deer hunt but when he came to baptist homes his wife had passed away and uh you know they'd been married a long time and it was a real hard transition for him And so he just thought he came to Baptist Homes to die. And last year, through Dan, uh, his encouragement and the staff's encouragement, they said, you know, Fred, you you need to go on this deer hunt. So he came on the deer hunt, and at the conclusion of the hunt, he said, you know, through this event, I came here to die, but God showed me. He brought me here to live. And old Fred, I'll tell you what, in the last year, he's done more living. He has gone fishing. He has even gone down as far as the Gulf to go fishing with his children. He has fished out our pond up here. I'll tell you what, he is a uh, gentleman who is just taking advantage of the, the resources at this beautiful campus. But think about that statement. How many seniors 
really right now all they are looking at is that terminal time, that that end. No, God wants you to live. And uh, so that has truly been an inspiration for all of us. I I can see that. Now, you three brainy fellows sitting here, put a dollar value on that experience for me. (laughs) There's not one. You can't put a dollar value on that. There isn't. Um, And not just Fred, but Fred's friends that really don't want to go or can't go due to their, you know, issues. All they talk about the week up before this, and now at least the week after, will be what Fred and the other hunters did. And they're even now sitting at windows, watching for deer, watching for turkey, to tell us where they're at. And I'll add this on Fred. We we worked with 4-H to have a big um, fishing derby this year and fred was down there in the middle of it we had 107 kids show up we didn't expect more than 40 wow and fred's down there showing oh this is how you cast now if you're if you're wanting bass you need to be doing this oh oh you got live worms well then you really need to go for bluegill and they're over in this side of the pond and he was having a blast absolutely and he's in his 90s and uh Next thing I know, he bought himself a scooter so he can drive down to the pond when he wants. <laughs> Wanted to know where he could plug it oh in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's incredible. And, Dan, of course, you're, you're here all the time, many hours a week, and, and work with these people and interact with them. And you're a big part of the process of determining who goes on these hunts. So what are you looking for in an elderly person? And I'm taking notes here, you know, because I'm not that far from being here. <laughs> What are you looking for in a person to go? I guess first we look at, do they want to? Do they have that desire to go? And if they have that desire to go, that's, that's the biggest thing. And then we have to look at, can we modify something so we can make it happen? So... Um, Rodney and other people within the organization have made sure that we got blinds that are accessible by wheelchair, and we've put that blind where there's a road, even though it's not maybe the best idea in deer hunting to have a road close to it, but that way, if we have to, we can use our bus that's wheelchair accessible, load them in that, get them out there in the field, unload them, get them in there and then get the bus out of there. And so it comes down to two. They got to have the desire, cognitive ability, of course, and we've got to be able to modify it. But I, we have yet to, I think in any of our other buildings either come upon someone that really wanted to go that we just couldn't figure out a way for them to go. Well, I know you guys go the extra mile to make it happen. That's what's so important. They got to want to go. And now we do identify people too. And, the gentleman we talked about, Fred, is one that I knew had been an avid hunter. I knew he'd been an avid fisherman. He's telling me, I don't know why God still got me here. I can't go out and preach anymore. And um, I said, well, Fred, number one, you can fish. Number two, God has you here for a reason to minister to others. And then Rodney had the deer hunting idea. And I said, so, Fred, you can go deer hunting. And he didn't know if he could. And he went, and he had just an absolute blast. Well, I love what he said to me last year, 
Fred was the one. I think we were having our last breakfast, and I need to leave, and I'm walking across the yard, you know. And Fred was a pretty good shot with a crossbow, as I recall, and I'm walking across the yard to my truck, and Fred yells in front of everybody, Mr. Bill, if you ever need your, any help with your shooting, just call me. <laughs> 95 <laughs> years old. <laughs> the, funny thing, the funny thing about that was he normally shot right-handed, and that's what he had done, you know, his whole life. He shot right-handed, but he's, I think, legally blind in his right eye now. He actually can't see real well, so he switched left-handed, and he was hitting the bullseye better than everybody left-handed. And he still was like, you know what, I'll, I'll show you how to shoot if you need some help. Yeah, Nick probably could have taught me a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, hold the thoughts for just a second. We need to take a short break here. Folks, don't go away. This story only gets better. It's one of the most incredible success stories I've ever heard in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz with Drury Outdoors, and you're listening to Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast with Phil Cooper and Hunter Heineman. Slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1 800 367 4516. Hi, I'm Steve Stoltz, original cast member of Drury Outdoors and also a cast member of DeerCast. And we're talking about taking giant whitetails. And uh, it's, it's not an easy process, I'm not going to lie. But I'm just going to give you some tips, and this is one of them that, that helps me prepare to take a good buck or two throughout the fall uh, and, and hopefully, you know, obviously get it on film for DeerCast and Drury Outdoors. Um, w- one thing that I, I've got to mention here that I never go a summer uh, without doing, and that, and that is... Uh, plotting my area and that's another feature on deer cast that is just intangible and when you plot your what i mean by plotting your area you go to your maps you go to your uh your farm and start looking at key points that you might want to hang tree stands you may have points that you already have tree stands in and it'll show you where you kind of probably maybe need to fill the gap as far as getting more stands in um my favorite time of the year, believe it or not, to get tree stands in besides after season and, and leading up to, to spring is, in fact, in August. I, 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 and the reason why is I, I, uh, the ticks are usually really bad most of the early summer and midsummer. But by about August, the tick activity is really down to a minimum. 
And uh, I'm, I don't know about you, but I don't like tits. Um, I spray my clothing down with permethrin. Um, so it's a clothing treatment. I make sure when I come in, I take my clothes off, put them in the washer, and then I jump in the shower to, as a final defense to make sure and check myself for ticks. So be aware of that, but get, get out there, get on, get on deer cast, plot your area, start getting your tree stands in, uh, like I said, starting early August, and just trim your shooting lanes, trim, make sure you can shoot out of those stands when you put them in. Uh, and always, I, I'm getting older, so <laughs> I got to have help usually to get a stand in. And I'm getting to where I, I like the, the muddy ladder stands. I love them. I love the, the, the muddy ladder 17-footers. Um, they're great, uh, and they're easy to put together and easy to put up. And they, if, you, if, you, if you use a lot of cover, when you hang your stand, a lot of background cover. That's the key. You don't have to always be as high as everybody thinks you need to be uh, to be effective. It's more important to have the background cover. So when you hang that, put that ladder stand or hang your stand, and you can walk away and look, and if you're kind of stuck out like, like a diamond in a goat's butt, uh, <laughs> Then, then the deer are going to see that. Okay, they're going to see you up in that stand. If you can see it, they'll they'll see it even more. They'll pick you out. So rehang that stand where you have cover behind you. Um, I like to pick a little bit bigger trees if I can. They don't have to be huge because you can get too big a tree where you can't get a stand in it. Um, but mainly decent sized tree with background cover. You've got to have that to be successful with hanging these stands before the season. But number one key factor here, use deer cast to your advantage, use their features, plotting your area, and, and then mark your stands on that map. You can go right on there, mark your waypoint. You can change it to a deer stand, and it'll be right there. You can put all your wind directions that work for that stand. It is a great tool to use, and this is the time to do it right here in the summer. Hi folks, it's Aaron Jeffries with the Missouri Department of Conservation with a little habitat hint here. Uh, no surprise, uh, we are in the middle of a pretty severe drought across most of mid-Missouri. Uh, encourage folks to take a look at diversifying their grazing systems. Uh, right now, the department, NRCS, and other partners do have cost share available for the establishment of native form season grasses for grazing and hay purposes. What a great program. What a wonderful way of diversifying your grazing system and actually having a drought-tolerant productive grass in the months of June, July, and August. If you're looking for more information, would encourage you go to go to the Missouri Department of Conservation's website at mdc.mo.gov. And in the upper right-hand corner is contacts. Go to your county and find your private land conservationist for your county uh, to set up a meeting to look at ways that you can improve your property, not only for wildlife, but also forage production for your cattle.
Hey everybody, this is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. Check out my buddy's podcast show, Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Hunter Heineman. You're really going to enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I hope you heard that first segment because we had a good time. We're talking about things that we love to do. Most of us have hunted and fished, been the outdoors all our life, and here we are at a Baptist home talking about deer hunting. That's just it flabbergasted me when I first heard that. But Shane Metzenbacher is one of the leaders of this whole program, worked with the National Deer Association, an energetic young man, and I think he's hitting a nail on the head with his approach to all these programs but Shane I gotta ask you you know I've been in outdoor communications business for uh, 53 years and the way you're handling this program I think you've won up me a bit uh, I love stories and one of the things you included in this is allowing these elderly people to tell their stories where'd that idea come from well I mean it's not just the the elderly folks that we do that with <laughs> all of our all of our field to fort programs um you know when they started back uh, several years ago uh, down in georgia and it was essentially just an idea to get people uh to learn to source their own protein and uh, the whole locavore movement and everything like that and they started that uh to get new hunters out in the field and uh, people that you wouldn't normally think would want to try and hunt uh, but what they found out was that if given the opportunity, a lot of people want to try it. And uh, so they went out there to the local farmer's market and they gave out uh, fresh venison samples and uh, said, how would you like it? They're like, this is delicious. What is it? So this is venison. That's also known as deer. And <laughs> said, well, where can I get some more of this? Well, funny you ask. You can actually go and, and get your own uh, because they're out there roaming around. You know, we got over 30 million deer in this country and they're just roaming around. You can do whatever, you know, you can go get that yourself. And they're like, well, I wouldn't know how. Well, you know what? We want to give you the opportunity and teach you how. And that's kind of what started the whole field to fork events that we do all across the country. And uh, I'm just blessed to be able to do them here in the home state of Missouri. And uh, not only do we do regular field to fork programs for new adult hunters but we also got to come in and and do these uh, senior field to forks um, but what you're saying is you're asking about the story time right um, this is just something that's that's really happened uh, with some of our i'd say kind of our larger field to fork events where we have quite a few people there you get a lot of volunteers that help uh, a lot of mentors a lot of new hunters and uh, everybody comes together and we try to have that the time before the hunt, just so everybody can come in and, and meet each other, get to know each other, start building relationship. And uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons why this program has been so successful for us is building relationships with people. So uh, I actually had one of the mentors today ask me, well, how successful have you been at these Field to Fork events? And I turned it right around on him and I said, <laughs> what is your measure of success? Perfect. Because to me, it's not about harvesting. Exactly. These events have been a success whether we ever harvest a deer or not. It gets people out there hunting again or hunting for the first time. It gets, a, a you know, like you said, re-energizes them if they weren't. And we started doing uh, you know, a thing just called kind of essentially what's your story. We want to know who's in the room. We want to know who's here and how would you get here. And it has been amazing to hear all the different walks of life that people bring to the table at one event. It's like, 
here we are in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. How in the world did you get here? <laughs> and what's your background? Just like Rodney said, he come from California, and this is his hunting background or lack of hunting background wasn't a lot there until he kind of got later in life and got here and that he really, really picked up and, and got into it. And then opposite side of the coin is like you and I. We essentially grew up in the woods. I might have been born there. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, we were born out there in the woods and had families that brought us up hunting and fishing and enjoying the outdoors and the resources that are here. Uh, and I think that maybe that's just because we're hillbillies from the Ozarks. But <laughs> that that's the way Speak of for life. yourself, man. That's the way of life. And uh but it's neat to hear people from all over the country, all over the world. We've had people from several different countries that have come out to these Field to Fork events. And they, that little segment there, usually there's not a, a, a dry eye somewhere. Oh, somewhere absolutely. in the room, someone's shedding a tear because yep. some of them are pretty, pretty you know, serious tearjerker stories of how they got to where they are. And, uh, and mine might even be one of those. So Yeah, mine is at times. I, I, I know I've seen the tears in the eyes, and I've had quite a few of my own. But what an incredible piece to put into an event like this. And, yeah, it took a little time, but it's absolutely worth it. Man, you're a magician at making people mash. I, I, I can hand that to you. But, you know, uh, we were out this morning, and the stories are flowing. Dr. Harrison, I was giggling a while ago. You were telling us a story that's going on right now right here in this building. Tell us about it. One of our um, participants is in a wheelchair, and so she was in a uh, blind this morning that was uh, provided through the NRA Foundation. They gave us a, a small grant to be able to acquire some of the equipment that we're using, like the crossbows and some ADA-accessible blinds. And she was in one of those blinds, and um, as a, a volunteer for this event, I had the vantage point of being able to watch what's going on. And I'm seeing this flock of turkeys going back and forth <laughs> in front of the blind, but about a hundred yards. And, and towards the end of the hunt, they were getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And of course in, in Missouri, if you have an archery tag, you also have, you know, some tags for deer and, and, and turkey. And pretty soon we see a dozen turkey just flying in the air. Well, she had, uh, she had taken a shot and, uh, it was close, so we're going to call her uh, Tailfeather Judy, I think, from now on. But what was fun about this is after the hunt, we had a, a great time of fellowships and breakfast, and her and her granddaughter were going, I saw them going door to door just talking about, I saw all these turkey, and I, I was able to participate in this hunt. You know, here's someone who, by her own testimony she said she's been disabled many 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 years and over the years she's been in 10 different facilities and she said not only is this the best one but i'm getting to live yeah. and she was telling everybody about her experience and I, I i listened to her and she was talking about and yesterday they taught me stuff about deer biology did you know that deer can see blue and she was telling people <laughs> all this that she learned and that's what makes this event so special it's not just getting out of doors but learning about deer learning and there probably wasn't even a mentor in that training that didn't learn something oh, yesterday absolutely you know i'm 74 years old and uh, hey, I took quite a few wildlife management courses, forestry, and all that. But, you know, that was over 50 years ago. There's a lot of things happened in, in right. the field in, in 50 years. Well, t 
to move along here, Dan Stiles, uh, you've been heavily involved in these programs as an administrator here, uh, administrator here at the Arcadia Valley facility. Where do you see this program going here in the next few years? I think it's only going to get bigger. Uh, I really do. We've we had some great discussions today. I was watching the turkey hunt also that took place during the middle of the deer hunt. <laughs> yeah, we had and, a little uh, party on top of the hill watching yeah, the turkey. Yeah, and we we got Bill some food, but um, yeah, I was starving. <laughs> we were talking about the fact that we have in the past uh, rented some of our property out for cattle grazing and to someone to cut hay and that we've made a decision to stop that and we're going to be working with mdc to come up with a management plan and so we're only going to have we have 175 acres here we're going to have another 50 acres next year that we don't have this year last year we only had the two hay fields because the horses were still here now the horses are gone so we've moved that on so we're getting more and more space and so um we're really talking to what do we have to do to the crossbows are great, but what are we going to have to do to take this to the next level and either have rifles or the uh, muzzle loaders? And, you know, we've had some great help in this. NRA Foundation, Dr. Harrison knows more about that, helped us with getting the muzzle loaders and with these crossbows. Shane brought his last year. This year we were able to use Baptist Homes. And it can only, it's only going to get bigger. And the more people hear about it, you know, tail feather Judy's telling everybody the more, (laughs) the more that are going to want to come. Absolutely. not, you know, what I, in aging services, you know, I started in rodeo, long story. (laughs) Now I'm in aging services, but I've been saying what Dr. Harrison said for a long time. We're not a place to go to die. We're a place to go to live. Absolutely. And the more we can help these people live, you know, the more we can get them fishing, the more we can get them hunting, the more we can get them outside. They don't need to be in here in this stale air. They need to be outside enjoying life, doing something, because who wants to sit in a room you know, after Price is Right's over, there's nothing left on TV to watch for the rest of the day. You know, unless we can get a good hunting awesome. channel. Yeah. So it can't. It's going to get bigger, and I, you know, I'm even hoping that we can find a way to get more of them out fishing. Um, one of the things we have talked in the past, and you know, is how to get a handicapped wheelchair accessible dock to go on our pond. So. We have three ponds, so we're moving towards that. And I think the sky's the limit. Sure sounds like it. And, folks, I I hope you've grasped the idea that there's some thinking heads sitting at this table today, and they have made some things happen that are just phenomenal. And you guys have received some pretty incredible publicity about this. Who wants to speak to that, (laughs) Dr. Harrison? Well, we were really blessed to have uh, the feature article in the August edition of the Missouri Conservationist magazine, and uh, that was just so special. Uh, we, We reached out to them when we had the very first deer hunt and uh, sent them a few pictures and they uh, they responded back saying, hey, we, we would like to send a reporter and a photographer and they did. We also, through uh, Shane's connections with uh, his work and uh, uh, with the Bass Pro uh, organization, they actually sent out a camera crew for yeah, our gosh. hunt over in Arcadia Valley last year and it's, it's available on social media and they did a amazing video uh, about our senior hunt 
at the Ozark campus, and uh, that was so fun. And, and I'll tell you what, they featured one of our one of our uh, neighbors who was out hunting, and she was at the time ninety three years old. Wow. First time deer hunter first time deer hunter with a crossbow and uh you can see the deer right in front well she was so excited she's clapping her hand and the deer just kind of look and go mm, exit stage left here <laughs> yeah. so uh this year she is she said I'm, I'm gonna get one so she's 94 and she's going out again and uh so this year we'll have to call her a reactivated hunter yep. uh-huh. because uh she has already enjoyed that experience but you know what is also making this event so significant are the volunteers. Absolutely. Um, when we came here last year for Arcadia Valley's hunt, um, we saw, I think, maybe one or two deer. Yeah, there wasn't very many. I think it was one or two deer. And uh, this year, at least 14 different deer. And turkeys. Big flocks of turkey. Yeah, at least 13 turkeys, plus we heard some more. And uh, Shane was telling me he saw even a squirrel or two. We had all the squirrels at our, our blind this morning. <laughs> we had such them. a wonderful time. But, but what made the difference? And it goes back to what Dan was saying. We've had some groups coming in, and they've been doing some uh, what they call bow range burns and doing a little bit of invasive control. Uh, we've put in a few little food plots, but there's a lot more that we can do. And, you know, I'm, I'm not only hoping that we can expand this with our Baptist Homes campuses. We've got nine campuses around the, the state. But I hope this story will be an inspiration for listeners to think about, you know, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, or, or maybe a neighbor who used or to Or Bill hunt. Cooper. Or Bill Cooper. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill, you, you still got many years ahead of you. But we will reserve, we're, we are reserving a room for you. We're going to call it the Bill Cooper room there here. There you go. But, uh, you know, we, we do want this to be an inspiration for, uh, for others. But what has been so encouraging is to see the number of volunteers that have come in and at each one of our events, they become the heart of this. Uh, and, and that's a part of what the NDA would say, too. We have volunteers who are mentors, and they serve in that capacity. The logistics, the food. I'll tell you what, we have eaten well yes, this we week. Oh, and we man, have we enjoyed. Weight, I think. We've had venison sausage, jerky. Uh, Biscuits and gravy. Smash burgers. Oh. We had smoked backstrap that was yeah. extraordinary. Phenomenal. We have been eating like kings and that's all a part of the experience well that didn't just happen that is the volunteers and and there's just so much more that can be done every single one of our uh participants we had this year at this particular event seven which is kind of a that's a a larger field to fork event these are memories that are going to abide with them all year long absolutely and even as we've been doing this podcast about four of them have poked their head in and (laughs) through the window they're waving at us because they're just excited that we're able to share their story exactly and you know we've all in the couple days we've had together we've kicked all kinds of ideas around but you know it all started with a seed and we need lots more seeds to expand this food plot program and we're putting a plea out folks for you to, hey, get active too, participate in this program. And we're going to, Dr. Harrison here in just a second, is going to give you the opportunity to, hey, spend a few of your dollars. Think about it. Think about it. How important is hunting to all of you hunters and fishermen out there? How can you help get somebody involved? And it's one of the coolest things in the world to help somebody in their 
eighties and nineties to come back into hunting and guys we can talk we've talked about advertising all the pr and everything else but you know as well as i do your best advertisement is by word of mouth and these people that are participating in these programs are telling everybody they run into they're excited about it well bow hunters gun hunters fishermen we're going to give you the opportunity send a few bucks man help us with this seed program and we'll see this program grow a whole lot faster dr harrison tell us how they can do that well, the easiest way would be to go to our website, and that is at bhhm.org. That would stand for Baptist Homes and Healthcare Ministries, bhhm.org, and just click that Donate button. And we're going to put a, a little link on there that will say the Senior Hunts Program. So that way you can designate, and that would go towards the uh, uh, the food plots, and that will go towards the... Uh, the, the support of these senior hunts. There's also other contact information. You want to, you might want to volunteer and you could call one of the campuses. Our numbers are listed and you could say, how do I, I become involved? So there's a lot of things, but yes, you know, if you would like to just support this through a donation, we're going to make it as simple as possible. Just go to that bhhm.org, click donate, and we'll have a senior deer hunt link there. That is absolutely incredible. This gives the opportunity for Many, many people to get involved. And you know what? When you send a few dollars, that gives you just a little bit of ownership. You can be proud of yourself for helping expand this program. And, Bill, if it matters to anyone, if you want to do a really good donation, we are a 501c3 organization, (laughs) and all donations are tax-deductible. We will make sure that you get all of that stuff, and that certainly, you know, can help us because I have this dream at this building that we're going to get a handicapped wheelchair-accessible dock out in our pond. And uh, we, at the rate we're going, we're going to need some more of those um, wheelchair-accessible um, blinds. And Dr. Harrison didn't tell me how much they cost, but I know they're not cheap. So no, no nothing any of that cheap can help anymore. us. And, uh, man, you're investing in my heroes when you give to this <laughs> because – those men we took out today, some of them fought in World War II, the wow. Korean War, Vietnam. Vietnam War, and they're the ones that, you know, you talk to them, which I get to all the time, and they'll tell you how it felt to hear that the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. Wow. They talk about what it was like to hear that President Kennedy had been shot, and they lived through that. Um, they can tell us what, they lived, some of them, the Dust Bowl. They lived through it, the Depression. And now we can give back to them and give them precious memories to not only share themselves, but like this, this you know, Tail Feather Judy, her <laughs> granddaughter's involved. Her granddaughter's so excited. She sat next to Dr. Harrison and I and was like, my grandma's in that blind over there. It's my grandma sitting. And so, <laughs> man, the, and I guarantee that young lady's going to tell everybody in town. Oh, absolutely. I'm probably going to get phone calls next week. I don't know when the next time is. Get and, another phone line, man. And I'll hit up with Shane, and <laughs> we may just have to do another one this year at the rate we're going. Well, the thing is, the bottom line, you'll never convince me that God wasn't in the middle of all this to bring you guys together and to cause this to happen. And I am tickle pink to be a small part of it. Folks, I've got to tell you, all of us sitting around this table today, we're living our outdoor dreams, and we're helping other people do it. We hope you'll pitch in with us. We hope you'll get outdoors and enjoy your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper. Mm-hmm.
Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Boat Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Boat Fishing at 573 573- Two six three eight zero one six. Again, that's five seven three two six three eight zero one six. Be sure and shoot straight. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy. Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, ASO Guides and Outfitters with Ryan Walker, On The Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.